0: Acting weird.
1: I'm the village crazy lady. That's my job. Fidgetus, fidgetus. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bauer Socks,
0: and I'm Kyle Skinner.
1: And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Instagram at mousemadnesspod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. And speaking of Jerry's Gang at Patreon, we're, we're, we're back talking about Disney elders. Uh, yeah, one of which is Jerry, the namesake <laughs> of our Patreon, uh, and and he didn't he didn't even make it past the first round. I'm a little bit nope. disappointed in us, if I'm being totally honest.
0: I I think it's very on brand for us to have a love for something that wouldn't make it past the first round of our own podcast. Like he he is great because he's not one of the like you know big stars of Pixar, big stars of Disney. He is. He is Jerry. He plays a small part, but a big part in our hearts, and we love that. Another person that plays a big part in our hearts is our returning guest host, Kyle Madsen, with his cat. Kyle, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Yeah, no, thanks. I'm really sorry that this is messing up your video. Um, thank you. Um, my cat was just in a space that if I like shoved him off, it was going to take my whole operation down. So I was trying to maneuver <laughs> him without clicking anything bad, and he's gone now. So thanks. Happy to be back. Thrilled to be here.
0: Hey. I don't think that you have to worry about ruining our video. I think there's about two people that watch it. One is one of us that has to edit the show, and the other is uh, whoever accidentally clicks on it at Jerry's Gang. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. Okay. Uh, last time we we talked, there were some upsets, some picks that Chris and I made that you didn't necessarily agree with. And one of those is uh, a little disrespect we put over on uh On Julie Andrews name uh, by not passing on Clarice Rinaldi and I'm wondering you know we talked about Miss the Dances a little bit but since then have you thought about like other elders maybe some of the Miss the Dance folks that you think could have taken down some of these people because I think that there were some matchups that like you know we we agreed pretty wholeheartedly that we knew what we were going to move on but uh, it seems like we also referenced some old people that could have done well
2: yeah so I have a I have a couple in here um one is uh, well after hearing the criterion, criteria criteria Criteria's, criteria criteria yeah after hearing the criteria I really I stand by my Duke of Wesselton uh, mm. missed the dance in the first episode I feel like Smee from Peter Pan would have would have fit the bill I think he he gets classified uh, as an old person and then phil from hercules i think phil okay. also gets classified and i think he would have done great in this bracket again now that we know the the criteria
0: <laughs> that we we make up as we 100%. go, no not that us. changes
2: from matchup to matchup yes <laughs> yeah,
0: couldn't be us uh well we're glad that you're you're weathering the changing of opinions and criteria storm that we provide on this podcast to, to break some more ties this time around, uh, so let's get into some things here. Spoonful of sugar, Chris, has the sour game returned? Did you go back to Total Wine and grab another one of your sours?
1: Um, well, I actually <laughs> I found um one in the back of my fridge, as a matter of fact, <laughs> and it's called Monk's <laughs> Cafe Flemish Sour Ale, and it I feel like has gone bad because it's not very sour at all. It tastes more like gummy cherry candy. Sure. Yeah, I, something's going on with that. I'm probably not gonna drink the rest of it. Um, but shout out to nuts. Um, I <laughs> I have actually become a big nut guy. Uh, So crazy. uh, Just like looking for like more sort of like whole healthy snacks. And like, obviously, like if you crush a ton of nuts, you're gonna, you're gonna put a lot of calories in your body. So be careful about your nut intake. Um, But these are Planters Cashews, uh, Rosemary and Sea Salt flavor. Uh, You can find these at any of like your local grocery stores. They don't have them at Target, but they have them at Safeway. Uh, This is a, this is an elite nut. Um, if you are if you are into cashews at all, I like them because they don't upset my stomach as much as peanuts do, um, and they're not quite as calorically dense as like a macadamia nut or, or one of the richer nuts, but uh, rosemary and sea salt, very simple seasoning, uh, tastes like Thanksgiving dinner in your mouth. It's really, really good. Highly recommend. So I guess that'll be my spoonful of sugar in place of this weird flemish <laughs> sour ale that didn't end up being something that was good. Sorry, that's what happens when you find beer in the back of my refrigerator.
0: Kyle, what do you have? Dude's spoonful of sugar is salty nut, and that's that's crazy, dude. It's crazy. Uh, I'm back on the spiced ale game. I I had more from last time, and so I poured it up in my little Christmas market German Christmas market stein, and I'm sipping on that again. It is just you know it. It's been rainy, it's been a little chilly, and this spiced ale just warms everything up and really feels like the holidays, and I like that. Uh, So I'm sipping on that again uh, to talk about these elder Disney folk. Kyle,
2: what time is it? You already know what time it is. I don't even know why you're asking. (laughs) It's Danog time, baby. Let's I drank the last one out of my fridge last time, and I (laughs) went, I was at the store earlier this week, and I went, I have a podcast to do again, so. I gotta get more. So now I have this one right now and five more in my fridge. So I gotta get to potting.
0: <laughs> All right, let's dive right into it because uh, we've we've got an early bedtime over here that we need to accommodate for, so let's do it. We had the demographic surveyed for this bracket were folks at the Don Han discussion uh, that I went to at the Walt Disney Family <laughs> Museum. We're going to be laughing a lot on this podcast because we're back at it with our virtual backgrounds. <laughs> uh, and if you are part of Jerry's gang, you'll be able to see it. Uh, currently, Chris's background is Kyle Madsen crying. So just <laughs> go ahead and watch the Basking video for that. this one.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Those in attendance of that Disney, ha- Disney ha- Don Hahn discussion were a bunch of elder Disney fans. So they should be the ones that choose the elder Disney Picks for this bracket, and they did. We got 16. There was a bunch that missed the bracket, but after a discussion, we landed on an Elite Eight. It looks like the number one, Grandma Fa from Mulan, taking on the number eight, Roz from Monsters Inc. Number four, Carl from Up is taking on number 12, Alma madrigal from Encanto. Number two, Grandma Tala from Moana is taking on number 10, Hans from the Mighty Duck series. And number 14, Grandma Wu from Turning Red is taking on number 11, Mama Odi. From Princess and the Frog. (laughs) Oh, man. These backgrounds are insane. Uh, Chris, do you stick things off last time? I will discuss the number one grandma fall versus number eight, Roz. And I think that we passed Roz along last time because she does feel like a familial, familiar old person in our lives that doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily one of our family members. And I think that we should be taking that into consideration when we're talking about this. Like a lot of these picks are related to our protagonist, maybe even sometimes an antagonist. Like the, it, there's some sort of familial relation, but I think also there's a lot of elders in the Disney universe that aren't. I'm thinking Shorty from mm. uh, Tangled. I'm thinking Lampy from pete's dragon mm-hmm. like there's a lot of i, ter- I chose the two turntus boys as my <laughs> example but it's mostly because they're also like the quirky ones the yeah. the ones that are off to the side that is just the crazy old person that's there instead of the grand grandmother grandfather who provides a lot of wisdom so there there can be a little bit of both and Roz really does represent that old person in everyone's life who we know means business Uh, And like Roz teaches a lot of lessons to our main characters uh, just about being responsible. And the last thing that Mike Wazowski wants to be is responsible. He wants to be focused on that pride. He wants to do whatever it takes to be the best, him and Sully be the best. And here we are, an entire journey of him having to be responsible. His arc is all about becoming a responsible person in this monster's world. Being responsible for this human child, being responsible for making sure that Sully accomplishes his mission of getting Boo back into uh, Boo's world. And so Roz is that kind of like forewarning that Mike can't be messing around like he is. He can't always talk his way out of every situation. Uh, He has to own up to it. And so I like that out of Roz. I also just like her demeanor. Just the no nonsense, down to business sort of character uh, that I I think is a lot of elders. You brought up your your payment uh, center at your high school. We had a very similar situation at mine. And every office I've ever been in, there's a Raz, uh, and so it's something that we encounter on on the on the daily in our in our real lives. And so it's a very realistic representation which makes it relatable, which is what Disney always tries to do with their characters. We need to see something in them in order to connect. And I think that Roz does that. What is that? (laughs) Is that Steven Tyler?
2: (laughs) Oh my God. He looks exactly (laughs) like Roz.
0: (laughs) Chris's background just changed to Roz side by side with Steven (laughs) Tyler. Um, So if you, again, you got to watch it. Um, but, up against Grandma Fa, it, like she is just such a great one seed because, even if she wasn't related to our main character, being that quirky side elder is her zone. She's in her bag with that. Ah, uh, she is almost like the village kind of quirky old person. Uh, almost everybody knows that she is that person. We, not just us because we know Mulan. It's the entire village does, especially like when She's walking across the street when she's wisecracking in, in the uh, in the square when the matchmaker is out there. Like we all know, Grandma Fa is gonna act the way she acts, and sh- she lives that truth. And so I think that makes her also a very great elder. And like what I said last time, she also fits into the grandmother trope that Disney forces on us with the wisdom stuff. Uh, it's not the quintessential thing like grandmother Willow, where it's like. Sit down, Mulan. Let me teach you a lesson. Let me tell you that you need to find your way. It's like, no, I trust that you will. And in fact, here's a symbol of my trust. Take this cricket. Mm. You don't even need to worry about it. You've got all you need. Uh, so I like, I like Grandma Fa a lot. I love what Roz is to the Monsters, Inc. chaotic universe. But I'm going to have to go with the one seed here.
1: Yeah, I really love Grandma Fa. Um, on one Patreon episode... I invited Grandma Fa to my Thanksgiving table because I thought (laughs) she would be a really great time. The thing I really like about Roz is that constant presence in the background, and that is something that is very realistic to a real-life elder. Whether Mm -hmm. you know it or whether you don't, their influence is impacting your life. Uh, whether it's the thing that things that they've passed on to you, the traditions that they've passed on to you, the wisdom, whatever, um, though they may not even be here with us, they are still in play, and yeah. that's what I really think of when I think of Roz. She's always in that little window, uh, and she is more powerful than she even lets on to our heroes until the very end of the movie. So, um while she doesn't really help, she's not really like a helper, like a lot of these Disney elders are, she does represent an authority that I think is really important to consider when we're talking about elders. Uh, so that's why I actually have Roz advancing over ah. Grandma Phi in, in a little upset. So Kyle Madsen, this tiebreak is going to you.
2: This is tough. Um, I feel like Roz plays a role of, you mentioned the authority figure. Where every time she shows up, it keeps Mike and Sully from like going entirely off the rails. Where if like she wasn't there affecting their decision making like a little bit, um, because she's always watching and like imposing that little bit of fear, then it wouldn't really make their decisions or choices like rationally like line up. Um, so I get the necessity of, of, of Roz. Um, but man, Grandma Fa is like, when you think of a, of a Disney old person, she doesn't, she doesn't like come to mind first, but then Chris, as you're explaining all the things that she does in the movie and she's that like quirky and she's funny and Roz is funny too, but not like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> Roz doesn't know she's being funny until like, I mean, like the very end. Um, um, Man, hmm. uh, this is tough. I think I'm gonna go with Grandma Fa here hmm. because I think she does more uh, to I think she does more for the plot of Mulan and she provides a necessary levity to a, a pretty like serious movie. Um, hmm. so i'm gonna go I'm gonna go with with Grandma Fa.
1: All right. I'm not I'm not entirely mad about it. Are we certain are we even certain that Roz is that old? She's got I, the she's I, got the grandma haircut. Let's be she,
0: honest. She's got the grandma haircut, but she could also have just I mean, like I
2: said last time, I think she's lived a life. Right. She definitely she's smoking like three packs a day, you can tell by that voice. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. Roz has got that vape pen for sure, like <laughs> in the back of her office. <laughs> Uh next matchup is the number 4 seed Carl versus the number 12 seed Alma Madrigal. I think that is correct. Um and I think we have two like really strong not just Disney elders but like movie elder characters. Mm. Uh you have the one in Alma Madrigal who represents that sort of like omnipresence omnipresent energy where the decisions that she's made in her life have trickled down to generations of family members that have come after her. Uh, And she is still physically very much in play in all of the decisions that they make. Uh, And the movie is about sort of the growing pains that come along with passing the torch from one generation to the next. So that's great thinking about that from the context of a young hero. Uh, And Carl is an elder hero. Uh, While this movie is not really about like passing on traditions from one generation to the next. I mean, you could say that because he has Russell in the movie, right? Who's like his surrogate son, I guess, or grandson. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because they, flashback to sort of the like serialized adventure aesthetic of the past that was Charles Munts Uh, and Russell's like, I I don't know who that is. And and obviously (laughs) like modern day, the adventure looks someone who's a lot more like, you know, maybe it's like Indiana Jones or, uh, maybe it's got more sci-fi elements to it, but, um, the spirit of adventure, which is the name of Charles Muntz's ship, I guess maybe is the thing that's being passed on and that that is a constant in the human experience, no matter what generation that you come from. The idea of pursuing the next challenge, climbing the next obstacle will always be, um, and it, it's, it's going to be a young person's, uh, it's going to inspire young people for generations yeah. to come. So that's how how I'll describe that, I guess. Uh, So maybe Carl does pass on things from generation to next. Like I said in the last episode, I just really like sort of the the hope that he inspires. Uh, Something I liked about Jerry was that he was sort of an aspirational elder. And I think that Carl starts the movie not as that. And then Mm. by the end of the movie becomes that. So if you are an elder viewer, it's someone that maybe you can see this, maybe you can see yourself in this character. Someone who maybe needs a little wake-up call. Maybe you, you know, getting that Denny's brunch is really great every day, but maybe we're we're looking for a little bit of something more. Or you're, yeah, you're a young person, and, and you say, like, I don't want to fade into a banal existence after... I'm done with the prime years of my life. Very complex sort of situation that's presented. Again, I just wish that it wasn't such a weird zany madcap adventure with talking dogs. Uh, <laughs> and like, I wish Carl wasn't as like surprisingly limber, you know, like he has a, like, he has a cane and like a walker and right. suddenly he's like swinging from blimps and like getting into fist fights with people. I, Adrenaline's know. crazy,
0: bro. Adrenaline uh, is crazy.
1: I don't know. It, it's a tough one for me. I think I'm going to go with the, the the higher seed. I think I'm going to go with Carl on this one. Uh, I, I really like his his backstory. Alma Madrigal has a great backstory as well. I think Carl's is one that probably has a little bit more universal appeal, even if it's maybe not quite as like powerful. Uh, it is powerful, but my God, Alma Madrigal's flashback makes the death of Ellie look like a kid's movie. <laughs>
0: oh man. Yeah. This one's tough because I, I like Carl a lot for all of the reason that you said and like the lesson that he's both teaching Russell, but then learning himself as it goes. And that's really fun to see that happen in real time. But also like, Carl feels very much like the most stereotypical crotchety old guy. like at the same time, he feels almost just like a caricature of himself, where it becomes his his impact as a character doesn't stick as much because he is just the crotchety old guy, and then we have we're really rooting for Russell to turn him, and so he in in essence is just kind of the the one that we need to break through in the film in order for the film to continue, it feels like. And, and like that, you know, old people can jam things up. I've said that last time. Like there's that, that jam up effect, but it also just seems so surface level. Things just seem so, and, and he, he does that on purpose, right? He's been hurt. He doesn't want to give his love, his all to things because the last time he did, that person died on him. And so he has to become more of just kind of the shell of himself and he teaches us to really live to the fullest because those who loved us would want us to do that same thing. But he plays into a lot of the tropes, closing the door in front of the the young people's faces, uh, you know, refusing to give up his land to the developments around him, like not wanting to get with the times, holding on to the past. He, he sticks to a lot of the stereotypes, but it feels like a caricature as opposed to a real person because the real people are the ones that are around him, the Russells. Even the freaking bird, like there's just a lot more energy that is put into it, into the film, into the scenes that he's he is beside them, that he becomes more of like a prop almost, if that even makes sense. So I'm actually going to go with um, Alma Madrigal here because I think that she she plays the Disney grandma at the beginning where it's like this is the loving grandma. She's the matriarch of the family. Uh, She cares and loves so much for her family. She's introduced as that in that incredible Lin-Manuel rap at the very top. (laughs) Um, And then it's not until we start diving deeper that she has this trauma that is really hindering the family. And then Kyle brought up last time that her turning point at the very end of the film is one that is very Disney. It's the one where not only does she turn and see the light and she becomes... Uh, a better better for it knowing learning from her mistakes but she even like says the thing that we want her to say at the end you know she want she verbalizes that turn that character arc and so i just think that 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 is a little bit more fulfilling i guess i will give carl a shout out because the carl character in the um the doug series that's on disney plus is very good carl Carl be going on dates. Carl gets, Carl gets the the apps, dude.
1: He's hey, out here, the Golden Bachelor season two, Carl Listen, edition. Carl, put him on there, dude.
0: Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go to the twelve seed. So Kyle, you're breaking a tie, Carl or Grandma Madrigal.
2: I think I'm going to go with Carl, who is like a main protagonist slash antagonist, antagonist turn protagonist, uh. And I get Abuela's importance to to uh, Encanto, and I don't want to shortchange that. But in terms of just a Disney old person, uh, all due respect to Abuela, I feel like Carl just kind of fits the bill more.
0: Over to the other side of the lead eight. Number two, Grandma Tala from Moana is taking on number 10, Hans from the Mighty Duck series. Uh, and I brought up last time that I, I'm not super familiar with Hans other than I understand his trope. I understand that he is the wise old dude that any character can go to and figure out their problem. He is the one that we as the audience will also be able to understand what our character needs to do to get out of a jam. Like He is explaining the next plot points for us, or at least what should happen, whether our our characters take that advice or not. But he tends to always be right. He also tends to have some sort of Uh, magical ability to not only see the future but understand the world around him in an instant, and we brought that up last time. Uh, And so you, you in these films, especially in like the nineties, like you, there's a character that needs to have the answers. (laughs) Like our our heroes need to go on a journey and be stuck, and that old character will always come and and help save them, help help guide them on the right path, and it's similar to. Grandma Tala, uh, she does that same thing with Moana. She does it a little bit more passively at the beginning. She does a lot of encouraging of Moana to make her own decisions as if she understands what's going to happen. But then in the middle of the film, she gives Moana the pep talk that Moana needs. And it's not necessarily like, go search for this thing right now. Go do this X, Y, Z. Here's the right way. It's more so like believe back in yourself. And I think that's a very disney thing especially the disney that we know now which is you always have the answer inside you like you need to always look inward in order to act outward and grandma Tala delivers that Uh, she all she delivers it not only in a kind grandmotherly way but she also has a little spunk to her she's a little bit anti-authoritarian when it comes to the way that she operates where she's not necessarily going to encourage uh Moana to disobey her dad, but she's gonna encourage Moana to do what she needs to do to find her own happiness. I like Grandma Tala a lot. Uh, I, I like that she I like that she reappears as an ancestor, as ghost grandma, because of the stories that we were told about how big of an ancestral influence this community has. Uh, And how much they look to their ancestors to guide them. And for her to come back just shows that this energy, whether Moana saw Ghost Grandma or not, whether it was just a voice in her head, but the representation that we get, uh, that these ancestors are wise. They've lived through things and they can provide us with a lot of knowledge that we don't need to find out ourselves because they lived through it. And she provides that for Moana. I like that a lot. Hans does the same thing. He obviously comes from a place of experience as well, uh, but I think that he's the more obvious like nine like nineties trope in general, not just Disney. Just like let's go to the old man shop and see what he has to say. Let's go to <laughs> the old person. Let's go to the wise, you know, the wise random old person, and they're gonna give us the the correct thing that we need. So I think I'm gonna go with Tala here because you have the connection to our protagonist. Uh, both familial and just as an influence on Moana. And also the advice that she gives is not so on the nose, uh, especially at the beginning, but it also has that energy of like, do you? Because if you trust you, what you'll do is, is right in the end.
1: I, I think in a lot of ways, these are two very similar characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both provide our heroes with perspective, which is really important to, to the Disney elder character. In a lot of ways, Hans influences the ducks after his death as well, because he dies in Mighty Ducks 3. They do a little, they do a little like circle around the face-off circle thing, touch the ice uh viking funeral style for hans uh, and basically use him as motivation to to beat the varsity team in in d3 i don't know i think hans is so like magical and all knowing and all knowing that the movie sometimes uses him as like a plot crutch for example <laughs> sure. in mighty ducks 1 it's like how do we get this awful hockey team to beat the like globo gym of pee hockey team <laughs> and it's like it's like let's just let's just throw it to hans and hans happens to know exactly where adam banks the best player lives and he also happens to know the secret information about how the district lines were redrawn also he happens to secretly know that the panthers caught measles so they are out of playoff contention so like <sighs> It's like if we don't know how to advance the plot further, like let's go to Hans. Let, how sure. do we get how do we get these kids that are wearing like hoodies and hardware supplies as pads to be uh to have actual hockey uniforms that we can like make this sort of like a fun kids movie. Oh, I know. Right. Let's um have a let's have Hans's hockey store like sell them all of their equipment. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, yep. So I love I love the magical nature of Hans. I love that he uh, is sort of a mentor to Gordon Bombay. He's a mentor to Charlie. He's there when everyone needs him. But it's just it it, it it's a little too convenient at times. Hmm. Uh, and I and I don't know. It's it's a really hard. It's a really really hard decision. But I think I'm gonna go with Grandma Tala just because it feels a little bit more uh succinct what she offers and her relationship with the hero a little bit a little bit less all over the place so i'm agreeing with you Kyle Matson would you have done the same there
2: yeah i'm a sucker for the um mm. guiding figure parent grandparent friend whatever like sticking with you after they're gone And their influence on you kind of lasting beyond their life on this mortal coil or whatever.
1: The final, final four matchup is number 14, Grandma Wu versus number 11, Mama Odie. This one's really easy. It's got to be Grandma Woo for me. Uh, Grandma Wu brings a very human quality to, to the character that Mama Odie just simply does not bring. Mama Odie's funny. She's goofy. But she... Sort of hits diminishing marginal returns in that respect, where I fail to see the elder people in my life in in Mama Odie, so i I am easily going with fourteen here.
0: I agree with you i'm I'm gonna also move Grandma Wu along, but I don't think that it's necessarily as easy for me um because I think that Mama Odie provides that the the quirkiness that i really like out of a elder disney character um grandma Wu, not necessarily and even when her her little her baby character arc is fulfilled at the end she's a little bit more relaxed but she's still the matriarch like she still has the stranglehold on the family that doesn't that doesn't it loosens but it's not forever like released um Mm -hmm. Mama Odie is a moment in this journey of a film, uh, but she is that that crazy old person who you you may know, you may see, who provides that advice that Chris you brought up. That I don't know, maybe right or maybe wrong. Her experiences may be remembered accurately or maybe they're not. Uh, she's just one of those kind of old people, but you still take what she has uh, with with some sort of truth because you can tell that she's lived through some things and you can tell that she has had experiences that do inform it. And while her advice is sound, you know, look deep inside of you and you'll find the answer. It's just delivered goofily in this uh, and to the wrong people, in my opinion. It's, uh, it's still some sort of piece of advice. And I think that the, the elders that I like out of these Disney films provide that. I think that they do provide some sort of direction. They do help our character understand uh, who they are. Just with Grandma Wu, uh, Mei figures out why her mom's the way she is or understands why her mom is the way that she is. And the lessons are given by example. Like Mei understands that she doesn't fit into this family dynamic. She doesn't want to fit in this family dynamic. She's going to operate her truth with this panda power without her family knowing because it, it brings a lot of joy to her. It's lucrative to her. Uh, and she eventually learns how to not only harness it for the good of the family, but to show the family that it's something that they shouldn't be ashamed of. That's a that's a May thing. It's not the grandma thing. But like I said, all that all that said and done, it, it's definitely Grandma Wu. I agree with you. She is the better elder in that matchup. Uh, Kyle Madsen. Uh, Mama Odie. Versus Grandma Wu. Grandma Wu wins out. Would you have done the same? Yeah, I'd have done the same thing.
2: I'd have done the exact same thing. Grandma Wu is a great, like, I don't wanna say modern take, but a great modern version of a Disney old person.
0: It's like Disney understood that sometimes the quirkiness of our our elders isn't that they're crazy. It's that they're stuck in their ways. I think that the, like these, Grandma Wu is weird to the modern day person and to the Mm -hmm. family members because the way that she operates is so not what the world is today. Right. right? Like we don't need her to have, we don't need her to criticize her daughter's parenting styles because the way that she parents is the way that, she needs to in this world right or like she thinks she needs to in this world and she's learned from her mom on that you know
2: can i can i run through grandma Wu's likes and dislikes from Disneyfandom.com real quick i would like nothing more her likes are her family perfection retaining traditions her family history and playing mahjong
0: (laughs) she's a gamer at the same time her
2: dislikes red panda Uh transformations obviously (laughs)
0: A little on the
1: nose.
2: Imperfections, the number four, her daughter's temper, and gin. Parentheses only because she didn't approve of him. Hell yeah. That's
0: so funny. Incredible. Yeah, there's a whole scene about her calling out the number four.
2: Which is why she hates top She's a, like a, a person that you would have seen. When did that take place in the early 2000s? I feel like it gave a specific year when Turning Red. Oh, 2001? 2001. It's like, she's a person who would have been alive in 2001. It's not right. like, oh, she's still stuck in her... Like, she looks like she's straight out of the 1940s. Right. Like, that may have been the way she acted and uh, addressed the world, but it wasn't, like, how she physically looked.
0: Sure. Yeah. Who's going to the finals? Number one, Grandma versus number four, Carl. And like I said last time, I still think that Carl is... is to surface level i don't think that that is the elder disney character that we see or know out of disney i think they play a little bit more of an influential influential role to our main characters uh than just being the crotchety old person if anything they're the opposite of that they're either overbearing because they care too much or they're a little quirky and weird uh, because that's who old people can be and so you have a grandma fa who is that quintessential person who provides that wisdom, provides that guidance, provides that humor, provides that quirkiness while still instilling the confidence in Mulan that whatever Mulan does is the right thing. Whatever she believes she's, she needs to do, grandma's going to support it and not only support it, but give her a little something for luck, which is just another indication that whatever you're doing is right. The cricket has nothing to do with what your decisions are. And and I think that grandma knows that Carl is just being, it's just a device so that uh, we can see an arc in him so that we can see an arc in Russell. But I don't think that he, he is that elder Disney person that we know from films. I just don't think that he uh, fits the mold as much as somebody like a grandma Fa. So I'm going to go with the number one seat to the final.
1: The worst thing about Carl is the people in their twenties dressing as Carl and Ellie for Halloween. <laughs> It's honestly disrespectful to elder <laughs> couples because you know that that sort of uh lifetime love cannot be replicated in costume form. Uh, oh and I I just I really like that about the Carl character is is this uh this tragic backstory and I don't know. I think it's annoying when people sort of like, "Oh yeah, we're we're like Carl and Ellie, isn't it cute?" It's like, "Oh yeah, well, one of you about to die soon because, yeah. <laughs> and the
0: other is about to lock up their entire life." You watch the movie. A-
1: <laughs> you realize what happens in Up, right? Um, I'm gonna go with Grandma Fa as well. Um, I think I appreciate Carl as a character. Great representation for those geriatrics, those octogenarians, but. Uh, I love Grandma Fa. I I think as it exists right now, a Disney elder is best employed as comical with a with a little hint of wisdom, and that's really what Grandma Fa is and Carl is kind of like neither of those things. So, Kyle Madsen, Carl's going home. Would you would you agree with that? Would you move the number 1 seat on as well here? Um
2: probably. I think so. You guys make good points about like Carl, there's a character arc there, but it's more of like a little bump it's a quick like a to b where he's the crotchety old guy and then like oh hey he has a soft spot for this kid and he's gonna give him the the badge at the end and they're gonna eat ice cream and the cars (laughs) um so that was that was cool but i get why grandma fa is the more disney is the more disney old person just because of her her role in the movie
1: all right, let's hop over to the other side of the bracket. Number two, Grandma Tala versus number 14, Grandma Wu. And like, I I have to be consistent here then and I have to go with Grandma Tala. I think the way that Grandma Tala tries to disregard tradition uh, is very similar to the way that Grandma Fa does. And I find that enjoyable for a, for a Disney old person, especially in a movie like Mulan, in a movie like Mulan that is so focused on our hero grappling with Keeping with tradition or departing from tradition, um, they 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 play very similar roles, uh, and it's it, it would it would slash will be a tough final when these two <laughs> go up against each other. But I'm going with Grandma Tala.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that Grandma Wu is, as I was telling, talking with uh, you both last time or last matchup where we advanced Grandma Wu. The quirkiness comes out of her authentic authenticity where it's like she is weird because she is stuck in the past. She's stuck in her ways. It's not because she's the unhinged uh, Grandma Fa or Grandma Tala where they're saying what they want to say. Uh, she thinks she's right and she refuses to take in anything otherwise. Uh, she's constantly critiquing the way that may's mom is parenting and that's that's definitely like a trope of a mother to mother relationship right like that is such a trope um but it's not necessarily something that we know from disney uh and i think that's what we're talking about in these in these last matchups and grandma tall is that she might not see eye to eye with moana's dad uh and 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 there's some tension there but it's not anything that's built up To influence the story the way that these newer films do. Moana is really that film in which, like, Grandma Tala does a lot of empowering of Moana to make those choices and to really guide her in the right direction without being a Grandmother Willow. And that's going to make for an insane matchup here in the finals, which is the number two uh, Grandma Tala taking on that number one Grandma Fa. And, like, where do you want to go? I think it's really like, Who do you, for me, it's like, who do you, do you prefer the humor (laughs) over, over like the, over one or the other? Do you, do you like the direct influence over one or the other? Like these characters are so, so similar in their construction, but also they execute their, their, uh, their role in completely different ways. Where Fa is a little bit more passive, uh, giving the lucky cricket, explaining, uh you know being that kind of approaching senile old person that's just going to say whatever they want and then you have Tala who is very very opinionated and strong in her ways uh but also leaves us for most of the film and then comes back as ghost grandma uh and that's the tough that's the tough deciding thing i think that i'm going to go with the number 2 grandma tala hmm. because i think that as much as i love the humor out of grandma fa It takes a podcast like this one to break down like, but Grandma Fa knew everything all along. Grandma Fa is the one that knows that Mulan can do whatever she wants to if she puts her mind to it. And the cricket is just a diversion. It's just an object. It's a placebo. Mulan has it. While Grandma Tala is instilling that confidence in Moana, not saying go get that boat, go do what you, you know you need to do. But it's like, listen to what you're feeling. Listen to how you're feeling and then execute on that. Uh, it's explicit, but it's something that people need to hear. They need to hear that they need to believe in themselves and listen to their inner conscience and just their inner thoughts. And I think that's a great message. And I think that Grandma Tala is a great Disney elder. So I'm going to say that number two wins for me.
1: In a lot of ways, Grandma Tala represents a little bit of everything that we've talked about today. Uh, hmm. she's, got that, she's got that cheek of a grandma fa she's got that ability to transcend generations like Alma Madrigal. Uh, she's got, uh, you know, the departure from tradition, but also she's still, let's be real. Like she still lives on the Island, like as an, as an elder to, to everyone. So, uh, she's got a little bit of everything, but what it comes down to for me is like, all I can really go off of is like the experience that I have with elders in real life. And it is really nice to watch a movie like Moana and believe that the elders in your life have deep, meaningful wisdom that they pass along to you and you're able to share traditions and trauma with one another all of the elders in my life are like funny hmm. characters <laughs> like uh, not I mean like obviously, my grandparents are very important to me, but i I don't think I've ever sat down with them and been like, tell me about like what what your expectation is for like the traditions <laughs> that like what is your legacy like what's the importance of your legacy?" Uh, and also, like, I don't go to them for help. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know. But
0: do they provide it at all?
1: Yeah, like, they've said stuff to me before. But I, yeah, because... I just, like, don't listen to it. You know, <laughs> like, like I just go, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, sure. Because I know it's wrong, <laughs> right? Like, I've never really had that moment with an elder that's like, oh, my God, you are so smart. You are so... Enlightening. I feel like I know myself more because I've interacted with you. Um, Maybe that's just maybe other people have had that experience before, but I have not, Uh, and that's what I see when I see Grandma Tala. So, so when I look at Grandma Fa, this is a much more realistic depiction uh, for me. You know, like it's someone who's there as support at all times, makes you smile, will occasionally give you like a little like a little wink and a smile, you know, and like they're there, they're there to finish out their, their, the journey of life, uh, by, by making the best of any situation. Also, like, I think it fits the Disney elder mold really well, you know, like fun side character, not necessarily affecting the integrity of the movie or your hero's story in a way that is monumental. Um, but one that, that, is just sort of additive, So I'm going with Grandma Fa. that means Kyle Madsen is bringing the tie. Oh, boy.
2: I was really hoping this wasn't going to be the case. I don't know why I agreed to come on this show. (laughs) No, I'm Excitedly, in fact. No, I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Grandma Tala, because she is the, like, focal point of the entire movie. I forget which one of you talked about it earlier, like, Grandma Tala is kind of omnipresent in the movie and uh that matters a lot and the whole idea like i i have a tattoo of from from harry potter of the line um um oh my god i forgot what my tattoo says <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey it's well, i got a i got a good way for you to remember what it is actually <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no i know i remember it now i remember it now it was in my wedding vows. Um, <laughs> it's until the very end, is is what my Harry Potter tattoo says, and it's what what Sirius says to Harry about how his his dead relatives are going to be with him until the very end of his life, and you never mm-hmm. actually lose your relatives, like they're always part of you, and I think that's beautiful, and I think that that's what what uh, Grandma Tala represents, and so maybe it's personal bias, but uh, that's uh, that's what I'm rocking with.
0: All right, we've done it. We've crowned the best Disney elder, and it is Grandma Tala from the film Moana. And as we do at the end of every single bracket, we are gonna clap it out. Chris, if I'm uh, not mistaken, and uh, judging by how these two ra- or these two episodes have gone, I'm probably mistaken. Um, is that Moana's first win? Um, I think that is that is a a first win for a Moana character a thing for the film itself. I don't think we've crowned uh, a Moana thing since Best Disneyland Attractions. It's though. gotten
1: close, gotten close.
0: First, uh, first win for Moana. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us, uh, for breaking some really difficult ties, for hoping to crown the winner here, for participating in these virtual backgrounds. Uh, we always appreciate when you join this podcast and we're especially happy that this time around, it was the time.
2: It's always going to be a time on this pod for me. <laughs> Anytime you guys want me back, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, I'm down to move things around. This was the hardest bracket yet.
1: All right, everyone, you know how to reach us. If you got something to say about these Disney olds, if you've got a bracket idea, if you want to hop in and do some co-hosting, or if you just have feedback about the show in general, Send us an email at mouse at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. All of our channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash mouse madness and become a member of Jerry gang by joining us at the $5 level. You'll have access to two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month, mm, access to the occasional Disney vlog, uh, and of course, access to our seasonal Disney trivia event that's coming up in January.
0: January seventh. I don't think we've said it yet. January seventh. There it is. This is. The date.
1: There it is. And Kyle's got a great prize. It's amazing. Uh, we would love to. Would love to see you over there on Patreon. It's personally my favorite place of all to be in the Mouse Madness. First. Oh, he's rocking it. He's rocking Eyes it. He's ready. Spoiler. It needs to be worn. Spoiler for people that are listening to this. It disappeared in Kyle's virtual background. All right, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember. Adventure is out there.